Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our mid-month episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving and not so much, plus insider celebrity hair and makeup tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Hey, Jill. How are you? I sound like a monster from Sesame Street, and yeah, I thought you were—you kind of sound like one of the sisters from uh, from Simpsons, like one of Marge Simpson's, <laughs> like Patty and Selma. I think their names were. Oh yeah, I just need to take a big drag off of a cigarette. Yeah, we love to smoke <laughs> seventeen packs a day. What? No, it's not that kind of like sexy raspy voice though. It's more like just all in my nose. So it's terrible. I apologize, but I'm here and we are going to have fun today. Yay. So welcome back to the glow down everyone. Um, and we have a, f- a few fun things coming up in the episode. We're going to talk about a custom foundation. We're going to talk about something that's kind of, that's really blowing up right now. Um, cannabis in cosmetics. Oh yes. And um, which Carlene happens to be, um, She's quite the source on these days. <laughs> and we're going to talk to one of the biggest beauty podcasters in the game. Emma Gunnar-Wardner. I had to let her say her name because I didn't want to mess it up. She has an, the Emma Guns Show beauty podcast, and it's one of the top ones in iTunes. You guys have to check it out. And she's just the sweetest. Really lucky to be able to chat with yeah. her. And um, you guys will hear from her later in the episode. Right on. So why don't we start out by talking about the new custom foundation. It's a huge innovation in the beauty game, um, courtesy of Lancome. It's called Lancome Latent Particulaire. And I wasn't able to go to the launch event, but you were. So why don't you fill us in? Yeah. So I haven't had a chance to get my shade mixed yet, Uh but it's exclusive to Nordstrom. And it's only two locations in Canada right now. It's at the Nordstrom at the Eaton Centre in Toronto, the Nordstrom at Yorkdale in Toronto. I assume it will be expanding to other locations as well. But right. And just, it, it did launch in the US, I think it was last summer. Yeah. And UK, is that's, that right? Yeah, that's right. So it's rolling yeah. out. People are very excited about it. Yeah. There are 72,000 different possibilities. Wow. Of, Beat that, Fenty. Right? <laughs> so I had I was like, I don't understand. What is 72,000 options? So the woman yeah. who was the trainer at the event literally wrote it down on a piece of paper, which I'm read, reading off of right now. Yeah. And she said it's there's 8,000 different skin tones. Okay. And there's three different skin types. Okay. So 8,000 times three uh-huh. is 24,000 right. times three different types of coverage or finishes. So you get to choose your finish. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's 72,000 possibilities, which is oh, pretty crazy. Okay. So yeah. I did the math there. But they're saying 8,000 shades. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. Because 
most foundation lines. Like, again, Fenty was, you know. Groundbreaking at Groundbreaking 40. at 40. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had seen that before in other lines, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. in the past. But um, what was cool about that, if you just rewinding to a previous glow down when we talked to Victoria de Placido at El um, Canada, yeah. and she told us about how um, Sephora IQ was used to create those shades. So women were scanning their skin tone and plugging it into a computer, trying to find the nearest shade match in store. And these were specifically the shades that were most requested, but had the hardest time finding a match. Yeah, they were filling the gaps. Exactly, which I think is was absolutely genius. And um, that's why we're comparing it because why don't you tell us about how the actual technology works? Yeah, so still love Rihanna. That's great. And you can still go in and get the your shade off the shelf. But in the United States, they're having women drive for five, six hours to get to a Nordstrom so they can finally, if your number one thing is getting the perfect shade and you've never been able to get it, this is for you. Right. And there's a lot of hard to fit colors out there that are just not represented in the marketplace for a number of different reasons, sadly. So I think this is really going to be exciting. Yeah. So basically what you do is you sit down and it's all um, tied into this technology that was developed by a California company called Sukiyaki. It's like S-A-Y-U-K-I. Okay. And they were acquired by L'Oreal, I believe, in 2014. So. It was developed in California, and when you sit down in the chair, they test your skin with the skin scanner that's exclusive to Lancome. And you have to take off your makeup. Yeah, you have to take (laughs) off your makeup. So go on a Saturday when you don't have any meetings afterwards. And in fact, at the event, there was Uh like eight or ten editors there, and they wanted to make someone shade on the spot, and nobody would volunteer because everyone wanted to like go to their lunch afterwards or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm hideous. I can't. I can't. Like, that's kind of sad. Actually, yeah, I know. Well, I didn't. I didn't volunteer either. Mostly I didn't want to have my face like on a boomerang with right. like getting <laughs> scanned because everything's documented as we know these days. Yeah. But um, the girl who did get it done, Carolyn, she is the one of the um, PR reps for Lancome. She gets her skin scanned in three places. So she chose the forehead, chose the cheek, and then chose the neck area. Uh-huh. And based on those three, it spits out a result into a computer and iPad. And she had like an analysis on this iPad of her skin breakdown. It was so cool where if she was cooler, she was warmer. She had like X number percentage of um, of red undertones versus neutral yellow undertones or blue undertones. It reminds me of like when you're choosing colors for like a palette, RGB or CMYK and you see like the actual figures per, you know, color tone. Because you just don't think of color broken down into a statistical formulation like that. And it was like very statistical data. It was data driven color. Right. And so then they they picked the shade that it would be. He plugged in the information into the computer, and it's just like science fiction. You know, the bottle goes in. Yeah. They pour the moisturizing ingredients into it. Yeah. Um, and it, I should also mention she was able to say, I want sheer coverage foundation. Right. So you pick the color, you get your color, and then you choose. I want it to be a bit more moisturizing. I want it to be a bit more sheer coverage. Yeah. If I was doing this in a recommendation out there, I would probably always choose full coverage because then you have your color. And if you want to sheer it out, you can add a drop of moisturizer on your own. Right. Like you'll be able to customize it at home. So yeah, she got her color. And what I was also impressed about, because I was thinking, what if she gets it out and she doesn't like it? It's a whole bottle wasted. But they only mix up a little bit. It mixes you up a sample, kind of like a paint sample you would get at a store. And then she got it swatched on her skin. Lo and behold, it's perfect. And then they make the rest of the bottle. And then there's a custom printed label you get to put on it. Oh, cool. And so you can put your social media handle and So it gets mixed in some kind of like 
blender looking yeah thing, it's or? kind of like when you go to home depot and you're getting a yeah, paint can mixed it's right. like how is this going to be a foundation yeah they stick it in this um basically like a spin cycle yeah yeah for foundation and then yeah. afterwards it comes out and it's per- her perfect shade yeah. and then she's printed the label well that's and i mean stuck i'm it on curious there. to know if it's going to come out as because in theory you're like okay it's gonna be a perfect match yeah but then you have to remember that what are those particular, what are the ingredients mm-hmm. and what are they using to create those pigments? Because, mm-hmm. you know, historically there have been issues with like pigments that end up looking kind of bluish or purplish mm-hmm. in terms of the foundation. Yeah. So how far have they come along in terms of the actual pigment that's mm-hmm. in the product? Mm-hmm. Can it match? If the computer, I have no doubt that yeah. the computer can identify it to like yeah. the most accurate degree, but can right. they duplicate that in a foundation? So yeah. we're going to want to hear from you guys. And I know this has been in the States for a while. So if you have feedback, please let us know. Yeah. And I, I did take a picture of the colors they said are in the in the machine. There's black, red, and yellow pigments. Mm-hmm. And from that, they can create all these different color combinations, including if you want, um, they said some people who are ha- like rosacea sufferers, they want some green pigment. So that's like color correction, but it's more subtle version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and be- based on those pigments that are in there, they're able to blend that. It's like so high tech. It's right. it's amazing. It's and, next level. And I guess it, I'm assuming it must be very expensive technology, which is why it's so limited. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think you just, you want to make sure that this is done by a trained person. So you get the exact result you want. And right. I think that's why they have it at such limited counters. The reviews that I've read online, everyone is obsessed with it. And I would say my point of view, I don't think it's that much. It's $110 and you have to make an appointment. You can't just saunter up to the counter and get it done. You have to call and make an appointment. It takes about 30 minutes. And um, yeah, $110 considering like when I buy my Armani Luminous Silk Foundation, that's nearly 70 bucks. Yeah, This doesn't seem like that much more. And you probably would end up wanting to get a shade for summer and shade for winter. But right. um, I've, I think well, it's really all cool. all I can say is prescriptives must be rolling in their I grave. I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. Ahead of their time. Yeah. And just one more, one more side note on that is if you do get your – your color, you would think it was stored in like a data data bank Absolutely. where you could then roll into any Nordstrom in North America and get it. The color match is stored in the computer at that store. So right. you have to go back in and get it. You can't just have your recipe yeah, and order it. Right. On. Seems like you should be able to order it online. Yeah. Yeah, no. Once it's stored in there. But. Maybe they'll get to that point, but as it stands right now, it's it's proprietary and it sticks with the machine at that right. store, at your local store. And anyway, it was it's really cool. I'll let you guys know. I'll probably put it on our stories when I actually get to sit in the chair and get it done. Well, speaking of future of beauty, our next topic is uh, people often ask me what they think the next big trend in beauty is going to be. Right. And my answer of late is cannabis beauty. Mm-hmm. As you know, I wrote a story about it earlier this year for The Coveture. I told you before, I think you should literally write a book on this. Well, it's possible. I'm starting <laughs> I'm starting to get a lot of information because you got to dig deep. Yeah. You guys have to go back and read the story on The Coveture that Carlene wrote back in June this was, I think it was, it was really before like Allure or anybody was writing about it and you had interviewed, I was like, how many people did you interview? You might um, as well write a book at this point. There was yeah, like 10 people. It's when I first went freelance, I went a little overboard. She was a real keener. <laughs> I got lots of insights, but I was yeah, also, no, it, was amazing. It, it was a struggle because yeah. I was like, I pitched the story Yeah. then I was like, oh, you know, I'll just call in all these samples. <laughs> I'll test it all. Let them know what I think. Literally that's how I pitched it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, turns out I can't get it over the border. Yeah. 
Because it's not legal here yet, yeah. duh. A few little hiccups. And so that was the biggest barrier. So I had to do a lot of running around. So I had to do a little backstreet digging yeah. um, to try samples. But there was a really cool event that happened this past week called Women in Weed. It was a seminar that was hosted by Tokyo Smoke. Yeah. And one of the people that I interviewed for the coverture was here in town. So I had to sit down with her. Her yeah. name's April Pride. She's the founder and CCO okay. for Vanderpop, um, which is a really cool modern lifestyle brand for uh, cannabis culture. Yeah, and Tokyo Smoke, to just go back to that, that's yeah. in Toronto. They have a couple of locations. It's a coffee shop, but also like a lifestyle design store. And they have a lot of these really cool cannabis culture items in like pipes and bongs and little stash jars that are adorable and also fancy teas and coffees but um, they really promote artists and it's designed really well by the same people the design agency who did the Shangri-La in Toronto Mm -hmm. and they're also expanding they're opening a location in Hamilton Mm -hmm. and they're branching out into the U.S. in Seattle will be their first location there so so. smart which is where I believe April Pride is from Uh, yes so who did you sit down with uh, for the women in event. So I sat down with Odessa Paloma Parker, and she is the former fashion editor at the Globe and Mail, who is now the head of content at Tokyo Smoke. And so I kind of spoke to her about what's happening with um, pot legalization in Canada. So it will be legal for recreational use as of July of next year. And this is in this is for consumption as well as topical the back to the beauty element yes. yeah okay yes. so people are distilling cannabis and adding it to their own ointments and bombs and that's where there's some of this DIY beauty that's happening yeah. um, but we're going to hear directly from them about how this area is quickly growing and yeah. I think it's going to fucking explode next yeah. year yeah well I really think it's cool that a high design place like Tokyo Smoke is getting in on the action. A far cry from when I was in college, you know, bong life in dorm rooms kind of thing. Like I love that there's this new spin on it and it makes women, I think it makes it a lot more appealing for women. And you were saying that Vanderpop is almost like a, well, it's like a fashion company in a way. Yeah. Well, if you look at, so one of the things that she creates are these amazing um, stash bags okay. and the style of, they're like leather made in Italy. They look like Mensur Gabrielle. They're so streamlined. Yeah. And they have a lock and um, three digit combination to it. So oh. it keeps it safe from animals and children. Right. And also keeps the aroma in, which Got is it. a big issue depending on where you're toting it around. Right. Has these like lovely little stash jars that are black black lacquer they're like beautiful and she also has a line of hemp um self-care okay um items that are like balms and face creams and things like that yeah so yeah they're really super super chic and i'm gonna queue up odessa paloma parker right now she's going to talk about where she thinks the whole beauty component to to um the cannabis trend is headed in the next few years i think we're gonna see a lot um a lot more from the cosmetic angle. I mean, I don't know how important it is, um, you know, to necessarily have like an eyeshadow infused with THC, but, um, you know, certainly I think as more and more people are becoming aware, we're gonna see more sheet masks, um, cream masks, like those kinds of things, more body oils um, enriched with those infusions. 
And certainly, like I said, for something like mascara, like it never would have occurred to me, but it makes total sense when you think about like the the, the moisturizing properties of, of cannabis. And I mean, CBD is definitely something I have psoriasis myself, so it's something that I'm very interested in learning more about in terms of treating it. Um, because, and, you know, it's, it's, it's something that didn't really occur to me until I was like, oh, look at all these topicals that are available now and, and tinctures and stuff. So it's something I personally would really like to explore. I think what people would sort of assume right away if you were to talk to them about, like, self-care and cannabis is that it's like, you know, smoking a do before you do your, like evening bath or whatever, which it certainly is, um, but, you know, it can also be uh, an infused bath bomb, it can be the skincare products that you use, um, there are so many amazing properties within cannabis that can apply to um, all the things that more traditional cosmetics, for example, um, are, are addressing. Um, and then it's going to go into cosmetics too, like there are already um, mascaras and, and lip glosses and other products that are being infused with CBD and, and um, as you said. So one of the things that Odessa touches on there is um, CBD bombs that are being used to treat psoriasis, eczema, um, dermatitis, because it helps to reduce the inflammation. That's one of the things that I learned when I wrote the story and I spoke to a dermatologist who was out of BC. And actually, it's funny because what you didn't hear there is I was talking to April Pride, who is a mother. She has two kids. And I had I had shared with her that my son has eczema. And I said, you know, but I'm not sure, like, should I be using it mm-hmm. on him? Is it really safe? And I said, what would you do? And she said, you know, she's done enough research in the field. Yeah. She knows that it is safe. And yes, she would. I It just never would have occurred to me to try it Got on it. my child. Got but then it. when I was talking to April and realizing that she was a mom, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask her what she would do. Interesting. But I'm still confused. Like the CBD, first mm-hmm. of all, let's let everyone know exactly what that stands for. And then the THC element of weed too and how that's going to be incorporated. Like right. I don't really understand. That's a common question. Yeah. So there's cannabinoids. Yeah. There's THC, which I forget what that's short for. Yeah. And then there's hemp. Yeah. And those are sort of three different components. People do get confused about that. So right. I put the question to April. Okay, good. And we're about to hear how she distinguishes between the three in this clip ahead. Hemp seed oil, which are self-care products, is that's the basis of the formulations. Hemp seed oil is called nature's most perfect oil in that it most closely mimics our lipids. And so the skin drinks it in as if it were part of its natural ecosystem, right? So longer lasting moisture, which is why it's great for um, lips. In simplified terms, THC, that's that's the psychoactive cannabinoid and that affects your brain. CBD is your body connective tissue. So you're not gonna get high. Anything extracted from the hemp plant, you're not gonna get high. Hey Jill, are you ready for cannabis mascara? Curling cannabis mascara? (laughs) Can't you hear it now? But seriously, when do we get to try all this? I know I keep asking you, but it's next year. Yeah, well... Yes, and the, these are the the brands that will be carried at dispensaries. I see. We'll have to see, right? Yeah. Well, Shoppers um, Drug Mart, I think, is they went after they they're trying to be able to be a dispensary also. So maybe you will see these products at Shoppers. hundred oh, percent. And yeah. I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing lines that are coming from the cannabis industry. Okay? okay, so people who are already involved in it, primarily women, are coming up with these beauty products. So right. 
where this will evolve, I think, is, again, will you see, like, the body shop that's been doing hemp on a rope for, you mm-hmm. know, since the 90s? Are yeah. they all of a sudden going to get on the CBD train? Yeah. That's what I think is fascinating. Yeah, those, those more natural brands that, like, our friends of the detox market carry, there's yeah. so many great ones. Yeah. No doubt there's something going on behind it would the scenes. Be, it would be such a natural evolution yeah. for them to be working on this as well. And I have talked to some all-natural brands, the founders, yeah. and asked them, if they're looking into it, and they they definitely are. I think there's probably a movement in kitchens all across this city and all across Canada of people cooking up their own stuff, and as soon as it's legal, we're going to see it out there. Well, that's what I think. I think it's all happening behind the scenes and waiting in the wings, and I think think there may be some surprises about where it's coming from. And if you guys want more info, you can check um, Carlene's story for the coveture. We'll link to it from our blog on our onbreakingbeauty.ca. And if you are a U.S. listener who has been using products like Marley Naturals, Whoopi and Maya, Lord Jones, which I know celebrities like Olivia Munn and Jessica Seinfeld have Instagrammed about. Let us know. What do you think about it? What are your findings? We really want to hear from you. So now we're going to move on to another fun topic, which is um, fellow beauty podcaster Emma Guns. Yeah. So we last Glowdown episode, we had the good fortune of talking to Lindsay Kelk and Harriet Hadfield from uh, Full Coverage Podcast. So we want to keep that going. And now we're dedicating some time in this episode to talk to Emma Guns from The Emma Guns Show. And I teased it before, but she's one of the OG beauty podcasters. She's based in the UK. Mm-hmm. Really amazing person. And former beauty print editors like ourselves, who is taking her storytelling to the podcast space. Yeah. So she was a beauty writer at OK Magazine for 10 years. She's written for the Sunday Times, the Telegraph, Red Magazine. Um, But if there's one way that I can sort of distinguish her amongst the beauty podcasters that I know is Emma is a beauty editor with heart. And that's how she approaches all of her topics, all of her subjects. You're definitely getting more of like an emotional tie-in and connection there. Yeah. And in fact, when she first started, she had her show was called the the beauty podcast, but yeah. it has since evolved to become the Emma Guns show because she's delving into anxiety and mindfulness and talking yeah. to amazing YouTubers, but also she's very inclusive in who she's talking to and really broadening her definition of beauty and wellness. She's formed really deep connections with her fans. I've seen reviews and yeah, you know messages that she's um, she gets sent on Instagram, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. Yeah, so we're going to queue up our first topic of conversation with her, which was when we found out she worked at a celebrity weekly in the UK. We absolutely yeah. had to get the scoop on that. When she was working at OK Magazine, we wanted to um, get the scoop on who she encountered and some of the crazy events that she went to. So I did um, the fashion and beauty pages, predominantly beauty to begin with, and then I absorbed the fashion a bit later on. But I also did celebrity interviews, um, which was very interesting. Obviously, I got to meet lots of... um, you know, lots of people and just, you know, one of my first things that I was asked to do, because when you're new on a magazine like that, and obviously you're not hugely experienced, you don't get thrust in front of celebrity royalty very quickly. You know, they obviously like to see how you might act and whether you will pose any mild threat to said superstar. And, um, 
I uh, was asked within what would it have been a couple of months of starting whether I would be available to take the names on the door at Elton John's white tie and tiara party because oh. editors always went inside and obviously they wrote these huge features it was you know it's an incredible event so I was like sure you know young enthusiastic thinking this would be amazing like I looked at with a clipboard <laughs> <laughs> I know I had a cl- literally had a clipboard and I went out the lunchtime of the event and I bought a dress for 10 pounds on the sale rack in a high street shop that didn't really fit properly and it had a keyhole in the chest and you could see my bra but it was just like I've got to look I I didn't really know anything this is how young and naive I was and I went and I was just very polite and said excuse me would you mind having your picture taken against the against this wall thank you so much it's so oh gosh such, such a pleasure to meet you and I did that for a few hours essentially but it was it was as if I had walked into Madame Tussauds and everybody was moving around and was living and breathing I genuinely think my entire brain couldn't compute any of it <laughs> because I remember um seeing Elizabeth Hurley and seeing Hugh Grant and Simon Cowell walked in and Barry Manilow was there and they were like you never text you never call and there was like banter going on and I was like what is going on this is amazing my parents have a framed picture of me with Elton in the living room at my my family home (laughs) I sure wish I had a picture of me and Elton John in my parents' house. The uh, the best that I have is like a framed picture of me that's like 14 by 20 or something, <laughs> like a beauty brand set. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Mom. So yeah. now it's like above her fireplace. I actually have, I think my mom has something like that of me too. It was like some photo session or yeah. something. And yeah. it's way too giant. It's like yeah. a headshot and I look like I have a comb over. <laughs> yeah. It's not going anywhere. Um, anyway, so the the thing is that because she had this celebrity background, she's now able to parlay some of that into her podcast. So she's yeah. had Elizabeth Hurley on the podcast recently. That was through Estee Lauder um, because of the breast cancer awareness. Yep. She's also had Michelle Visage, who's yeah. one of the judges on RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, and um, co-host of What the Tea or What's the Tea? What's Sorry. the Tea, which yeah. is another podcast. So she's got she's getting access, which is uh, which is amazing, and and she's a huge reality TV fan right. like me. I've noticed Emma's tweeting all the time about like Real Housewives yep. and all kinds of different like um, celeb gossip. Which I'm I never really got into. into that, but I know we, we, when we chatted about this, you guys were like off and running. I'm <laughs> like, guys, come back. <laughs> we bonded over that for sure. If anybody watches any of the Real Housewives franchises, you know that they all start with a tagline. So like Eileen Davidson, who's on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she's an actress on Days of Our Lives and hers is like, I may not be a bitch, but I play one on TV. So they're always like these dramatic sound bites. Yeah. bites. Um, so we asked, uh, we asked Emma what hers would be. So my Real house. so I have green eyes. And I did this when I had Nadine Bagot on the show. We did this, but I didn't say this one because I can't remember why it came to me afterwards, I'm sure. But mine would be, my eyes may be green, but you won't see them unless you cross them. No, hang on. My (laughs) eyes may be green, but I'm not a monster unless you cross me. We can talk about this because actually Lena Dunham has been liking my tweets about your Housewives of Auckland recently. I can only hope that one day there'll be a Real Housewives of London. I mean, it's got to be in the works at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, got to check in with Emma on that. But one of the reasons I think she has a huge following is she's not afraid to put herself out there. She 
is not afraid to be vulnerable mm-hmm. on really any platform. And I think mm-hmm. that's what ultimately makes people connect with her a mm-hmm. lot. 100%. I really like the hashtag Red Dread project that she started on Instagram and on her site, on her blog, where it, she really just challenged herself to, you know, play with a bunch of different red lipsticks, find the one that was right before for her because she didn't have that same experience that so many other women had. Like, I put on a red lipstick and I feel like a rock star. So she was really out, set out to kind of overcome that fear and find the one that was the perfect one for her, you know, the holy grail of red lipsticks. So let's hear what Emma had to say about that. The reason I started Red Dread wasn't to start any sort of campaign or because I was looking to, um, it, it wasn't a tactic. Truthfully, every time I have interviewed a makeup artist or celebrity and they say, oh, you know what? You just put on red lipstick and it just transforms your face. And I'm like, um, no, actually, I look like a complete moron when I wear lipstick and red lipstick. And I spend the entire day worrying that it's bleeding. So what is the secret that these supermodels have access to that I heretofore have not been able to share? I, it really it kind of almost got me a bit riled up. And I interviewed Helena Christensen for Red Magazine in London. And she said, I was like, what are your beauty essentials? And she was like, just a red lipstick or some mascara. And I was like, "Mm, can we just go back to the red lipstick thing again? And she said, you know, just, and I said, without makeup? She was like, yeah, of course. And I I just sort of scratched my head and went home that night and thought, I just don't get it. And I didn't, it sounds really arrogant, but I didn't like the idea of people being in on a secret that I knew nothing about. (laughs) So I went through my underbed storage or my in-bed storage and essentially just filtered out all of the red lipsticks I could find, which having been a beauty editor 15 years, there were about 70 like good, like highly pigmented red lipsticks, lots of different textures, etc. The first post actually was just the, the lipsticks laid out on the floor just saying, people keep saying this to me, red lipstick is this thing and I want a piece of that action. And it just sort of went from there. And that was the initial thing. But then I realized actually on the first day that I left the house in red lipstick, it had nothing to do with being able to wear red lipstick. It had to do with confidence. I.e. it didn't have anything to do with whether it suited your skin tone or whether it went with your outfit. It had to do with whether you had the balls to carry it off. And Mm -hmm. so because I've worn cool red I've worn orange red I've worn blue tone red and you if you if you make a few tweaks with your base and everything you can pull pretty much anything off the takeaway was something that actually ties in well not the main takeaway um I was heckled in the street during one of the uh, days of red dread by a man he was on his bike and he rode past me and I was wearing a very bright uh, one of the new bourgeois lipsticks which are really nice and it was a bright red. And he yelled at me in the street, your lipstick's too bright. But it, it took me back to teenager with big boobs who suddenly needed to cover up. I felt, I suddenly felt, oh my God, I've invited somebody to abuse me. So that was one of the things and where the confidence comes into it. But obviously I'm a 39 year old woman, so I wasn't as rattled as I would have been in my teens. But the main take, my favorite one uh, one of them was uh, Chanel Rouge Allure. I think it's a velvet matte, and it's actually the one that Helena Christensen loved, which is uh, La Fascinante. Forgive me if my French accent's not that great. 
And one of the bourgeois ones were also excellent. And there was also um, recently the Bobby Brown art stick in Harlow Red. I really like. I really love that Red Dread example. Um, and we'll link to it from our website at breakingbeauty.ca if you guys want to check it out. But it's just a prime example of how she goes deeper. It's not just about swatches. It's about how something makes you feel. But on the topic of products, next we asked Emma, is there something she splurged on that she felt was really worth it? Um, and you're going to hear all about that next. I splurged on some Tilbury, but I feel like that's such a predictable answer. Um, I bought an eyeshadow palette, and I think um, Goddess something, I think. Okay. Of course it's called Goddess. Of course it's called Goddess. Um, yeah, I've just described every eyeshadow palette. Um, and I also bought one of the eye pencils in um, a pu- the purple one. I've forgotten the name of it now. Like, I wouldn't necessarily... I'm not drawn to really expensive stuff. I'm really drawn towards things that work. And you and I both know that a lot of the time, some of what you pay for is packaging and branding and marketing. And, you know, if there's a face of a campaign, they've paid a Hollywood star to be the face of a cream. Some of that budget, some of that money comes out of the money that you spend on that pot. And I would rather just have something really simple. You can only ever have one beauty, one beauty product ever again I wouldn't be like right well then I want a lifetime supply of creme de la mer or Lancôme Genifique or one of these things I would want some big pots of astral because that stuff makes my skin feel really nice I don't and know what that is we're looking at each- we literally just looked at each other did she just say asshole what did she yes. say I said ass no I said astral <laughs> I don't know what it is do tell oh. okay so astral A-S-T-R-A-L is, um, you guys have Nivea, obviously. So it's a bit like Nivea Soft. So it's just a a very simple um, oil water emulsion. Oh. It, honestly, for me. I wouldn't even say it's a cold cream. Um, I'm sort of looking around me because I did have one in my office a, a while ago, but it's probably now on my bedside table. It just, it gives me the same kind of feeling that I get when I've used creme de la mer, the original um, creme. Hmm. I can completely relate. That's how I feel. I'm not necessarily about the newest, latest, buzziest products. I'm more about just the edit. What is really good? That's all I really give a shit about. Yeah. Although I will say that I do have a penchant for expensive products. <laughs> yeah, I you can't do. help it. <laughs> what was the last one you bought? Uh, yeah, no, I haven't bought anything in a while, but when I get them in, I'm just like, you know, I could use this drugstore product or I could use this Tata Harper hundred dollar eye cream. And I'm just like, I think the last Tata Harper one that I got was 375 Canadian dollars. That's rich. Yeah, no, it's like that stuff. I don't even want to touch or try because if you like it, you're screwed because then you're buying it. I mean, I've definitely tried some expensive products that are not great too. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I've tried some drugstore products that are great, but that's whole separate conversation yes, we're gonna we'll get, get into that. Okay, hold up, guys. We have to interrupt this program. Late breaking news coming in on the Fenty feed on Instagram. Yeah, we've got dropping on November 23rd the one bold shade of red for us all called the Stunna Lip Paint. Yeah, and hashtag is one red for all. 
Oh, I like this. So it's basically, it kind of looks like almost like a nail polish bottle, those retro ones from the yeah. 70s. And it's, you yeah. can see it, there's not a lot of, you got you to gotta zoom in on this one, which I'm doing right now. And it it's kind giving of, me the Christian Louboutin vibes. Yeah. The, um, the nail lacquers yeah. that were with like the really tall handle. The really long handle that yeah. you'll feel like super chic pulling out of your bag. It kind of looks like it has a watery texture a little mm-hmm. bit, like a lip paint. So it's going to be like a lip stain. So interesting. And we were talking about this, how she didn't launch any real lip colors with her her launch yeah, except for gloss bomb skin complexion so, first so this will be this will be flying yeah. off the shelves this looks like it's meant for everyone's stocking how basically. crazy is this that we were just talking about red lipstick and this just came up yeah it's, and it's all about instagram listening guys and Fenty's probably listening too <laughs> they're spying on our Siri. yeah i'm like looking around here are there any cameras in this room really really stoked to try this thank you riri you know, speaking of what's good and great storytelling, Emma got into doing her podcast because of her love of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't let her go without asking her some of her favorites that keep her company on her commute. So my favorite podcast, um, RuPaul and Michelle Visage, What's the Tea? I think I probably yeah. didn't need to say that one, but I will say it again because maybe they'll hear it and become my friends. I love um, the Nerdist podcast, which is hosted by Chris Hardwick. Yeah, I think he does excellent interviews um he yeah he just does excellent excellent interviews and uh, daniel craig when he was doing promotion for spectre the last bond film he he's not the easiest interview and you can see in some tv interviews he's not into it on that one he was golden like it was actually the best daniel craig interview i've ever heard um and i'm a massive film geek as well i love movies so my, one of my other ones is Kermode and Mayo's Film Review, which is a BBC Radio 5 Live podcast. That's excellent. I recommend that to anybody who loves films. And they get fantastic interviews out of filmmakers and actors and the like. Have you guys heard of Desert Island Discs? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, Desert Island Discs is a long-running radio show in the UK, and it's hosted by a woman called Kirsty Young. And every week she gets on a guest and asks them to tell her what their favourite, I think it's either seven or eight, songs are and why. And it is the most incredible way of gaining insight into somebody's life and what makes them tick. It's absolutely incredible i highly highly recommend it to anybody have you guys heard of my dad wrote a porno yeah yeah it's so funny just and uh, i am alice levine i don't know alice but we have mutual friends um so i kind of got into it really early which was amazing the empire film podcast is excellent empire magazine the film magazine which is edited by terry white who has been on my show who is all sorts of awesome that is great. Fat Man on Batman by the director Kevin Smith and his co-host Mark Bernardin. I love Kevin Smith. Okay. I love his movies. He also, I don't know if you know this, but he, um, he's just recently said that he's going to donate all of the, is it royalties or whatever it is from all of his movies that were made with Miramax to women's charities after the revelations came out about Weinstein. Smart. Yeah. Smart we love him. And he apparently got very emotional on a podcast saying, you know, I was my, he talked about it and he was just like, I have to do something. Anna Faris yeah. is unqualified, brings me pure joy. I love her. Yeah. And I yeah, she's, think we should be friends again. <laughs> With Heather <laughs> McDonald is my guilty pleasure. Okay. That's about Real Housewives. Have you heard that? 
No, I haven't. Oh, she's mates with Tamra Judge and Shannon Bador from Real Housewives of OC. Amazing. You you are <laughs> Real Housewives. It all comes back to it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, fun. thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I know you're on when you're on deadline. We really appreciate I've it. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for giving me time yeah, and the platform. And obviously we're best friends now. Obviously yes. beauty BFFs. Definitely. Lots of love. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeauty.ca to sign up for our newsletter and every episode will be delivered direct to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And be sure to subscribe to us. There's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you're up for it, show your love by writing a review in iTunes.